the funnel is very unforgiving in these scenarios, right? The bill Somehow payment. Somehow everybody wants me to pay my electricity bills, right? Uh, credit Why? wants me to do that. Why? Aiden wants me to do that. Paytm wants me to do that. My bank wants me to do that. That's because the stickiness will be high. It is the stickiness of it and no one can then take you away. It is a mix of technology, process, People orientation in But you would like to get there. So relationship. Exactly. This guy has at least three bank relationships. And now there are people who are the credits of the world and the airtels of the world who also want me to make the bill payments from there. So as a consumer, I also don't know how fragmented my play looks like because I paid here. This guy's still reminding me what's going on. Yeah. So that's that's a little messy as far as the customer experience is concerned. Engagement and retention is a crucial but least understood aspect of a growing a successful business. We are here to change that. Hi, this is Ankush. Join me as I dive into conversation with the best and brightest minds in user engagement to help you navigate the why, what and how of this subject. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this is the State of Retention Marketing Podcast. My name is Ankur, and today we have Deepak Kuram with us. He's uh, the person I've seen the most often as the most prolific speaker on the subject of MarTech overall. He, in fact, made a super early choice to actually move uh, from a technical side and a marketing context to a combination. So he's been uh, in the banking industry for a good amount of time now, and I would actually let him introduce himself a little bit in terms of his journey and why he chose MarTech when he did. Right. Thank you so much for doing this, Deepak. Glad to have you here. Yeah, thank you, Ankur. Thank you so much. Um, so I have to go into history, right? How how I came, I arrived at Martech as, as a career choice. Um, so I'll go back to my first digital marketing job. Okay. I have been a developer. I've been a coder. I've been doing my own businesses online. So I knew marketing. But first corporate job where I was digital marketing um, person was in ICICI Bank. Okay. And the first task that was given to me, uh, in uh, in about a week's time was that if I run a performance marketing campaign for savings account, how many people do you need to hire as sales officers in which regions and what should be the incentive structure? Right. Cool. So that's, that's a clear... Sounds like a great job, right? This <laughs> so is all 11 you talking It's about. not marketing, right? I mean, it's not really marketing. I mean, I mean it is marketing because you in need to... In 2011, this is... No, if you, you can get a lot of leads, but the downstream is going to struggle with those leads um, in, in the sense that the conversion rate will be so, so, the funnel is very unforgiving in these scenarios, right? So you can always get a lot of leads in, but then um, at the end, you will not get much. So is there ROI is the question that I asked myself. So this is where kind of you get into technology a lot. Is there a CRM? What happens downstream in the CRM? Is the CRM effective? That is 10 years ago. Nowadays, you get into so like... you say CRM, at that point, you're saying the lead management yeah. workflows. Yes, okay. the workflows, the assignment, um, what is it that we are enabling the salesperson with downstream, right? Okay. So on and so forth. So this is all, at the end of the day, marketing because it, it impacts customer experience. So sure. the salesperson is not informed. It's a bad customer experience. It's bad marketing. I would, I would sure. don't, don't take the lead if you can't service it first. So it's a very short-sighted way of looking at things and a, a non-holistic way of looking at things. Uh, so that's why, that's why you can't just say, I will advertise or I will have a great creative. I will have top of mind awareness. I will have a great creative. I will have great mass media. That has to go somewhere. And that is why you need to have technology. Today, everything, the moment a customer shows interest, 
technology gets involved right because we'll you take get it. to this i want to continue the thread okay. on uh, you know the performance marketing yeah. to the martech side and uh, the crm bit and how did that play out uh, we'll get to this of course sure. and we have a long time sure so uh, so yeah so in short right for a marketer to be effective you have to have effective marketing but an effective customer experience when that marketing has actually worked otherwise you're plugging holes into your own ship i marketed well i brought the customer in then what sure right so that is why you have to get into technology there are two types of technologies in martech and and the and the lines are now blurring slowly slowly one is the pure marketing owned technologies optimization of creatives web analytics uh, how do you what uh, you know measure uh, your ab testing so on and so forth then there is when the customer actually gives you the interest then crm onwards fulfillment onwards sales enablement onwards right digitization of the sales person digitization of the fulfillment process the is also becoming very very important now that's sure. that's the, that's in banking more than anywhere else hmm. has become a marketer's problem to solve sure because it's frustrating for a marketer to get people in and then see that going down a hole right i mean Absolutely. i mean and, and 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 as you know in banking and traditional organizations this digital transformation is very very complex to do right so so people like myself and i'm sure colleagues of mine in other banks um, and even in other organ, uh, types of businesses mm. right are getting into the fulfillment part now so okay. i would like you said you jumped early on the martech train mm. i'm jumping on the next five year wave okay which is martech that concerns not just to marketing automation but to customer experience automation sales automation right and 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 even to a large extent um, business um, plans around minimization of distribution cost okay right if you, cost, a, if you get a, a, that's a complex term that's a big one we'll yeah, yeah. uh, double click on that one so to say 11 you were doing performance marketing for icisi you started doing the fulfillment side of things so maybe you deployed the first crm there and from an org perspective was there reluctance resistance was was it welcoming i mean not not to take credit away from icisi for thinking in this direction but uh, were they receptive enough to now let you do this whole sales enablement side uh, getting better assignments to the sales officers the whole crm uh, technology in place was that in motion then absolutely absolutely yeah. i think i think most organizations understand this problem scripted which i just, just spoke about right yeah that i can get the people in but sure. if i can't service them it is a loss to the organization and it's a marketing ownership area now increasingly accepted yes so what was the next steps from there so what happened at icisi and when where do you go from there so so after icisi i, I joined another organization in banking called idfc hmm. right so um, so over there um, the first problem i solved was this by the okay. way the, by the way the lead is in and now do we no. what do we do so in 2000 14 i may get the year wrong like i had to build account opening okay right saying how can you get the traffic in and open the account instantly acha so it's a digitally exactly. entirely automated account opening entirely automated what you, what you see today so this idfc is a corporate policy to actually go this route go digital first or rather digital only in that yes. sense yes yes there was a choice there was a and that's why you were the right guy for the job yeah because i was now i was problem solving this this whole mm. part okay you can always pay a facebook you can always pay a google right But then that's not difficult i'm sorry sure. but it's not difficult yeah. right uh, what is difficult is the fulfillment part mm. and obviously what a challenge in life right mm. um so uh, i said okay let's build that and uh, with idfc it was fairly interesting because it's it was a new bank wanted to get deposits which is sure. uh, current account saving account deposits fixed deposits so on and so forth 
So the only way to do it was to, of course, you can advertise, of course, you can have a good brand, you can set it up, you can set up branches as well. But if you really want to minimize the cost of going big, you have to digitize the account opening, the fixed deposit opening. Right. So at that point, I said, okay, let's design that hmm. uh, as part of uh, problem solving for growth. Right. Because you can advertise, but then it'll trickle down into nothing. Right. So if you build, so when we built that, it was actually a very good um, outcome mm. uh, because the the sheer humongous scale of conversions, which would not which would not have happened, yeah, uh, just there happened. Be a lot of leakage otherwise. Exactly. So what you did was all the incoming traffic, let's say for a performance campaign on FDs or savings account, would have a web experience which is letting them actually do that entire exercise without having to speak to anybody. Exactly. Is that what we're saying? Exactly. Just put in an Aadhaar. Hmm. And so this is post Aadhaar. So Aadhaar obviously enabled a lot of this yeah. automation. So Aadhaar, see, we all knew Aadhaar. In fact, mm-hmm. in banking, when I was in banking earlier at ICC as well, we were waiting for that day mm-hmm. when you could, when Aadhaar will become uh, equivalent of KYC, KYC. Where, you can, yeah. where you can, but we thought it was always going to be a thumbprint. Then we said, mm-hmm. okay, when is there going to be a, a biometric device on a phone? I'm like, uh, on a normal consumer phone, I don't think that's ever going to happen. It is there though now. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it is there now. <laughs> I know, this, is, back, this is many, years, this many sure. years back, right? So then I was thinking, but then government said, okay, Aadhaar OTP is KYC. Good very enough. good. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Great. So now we can fulfill so everything. So pretty much natively rode the Aadhaar KYC wave and you were the early adopters in that sense at yes. AFC. So that gave you that KYC step automated and then the rest of it was relatively more straightforward or was it? It, it was fairly straightforward. Uh, but again, and we'll talk about this, I'm yeah. sure. After, what after the FD? Absolutely. It's right. You've made an FD, now what? Yeah. Right. So that is, so the, the, the first um, onboarding of the customer is only about uh, what 5% yeah, of the game, right? Correct. There's a lifetime value, relationship value of a customer that needs to grow over time. A fixed deposit is great. Uh, but uh, to be honest, in banking, fixed deposit actually is a liability, right? It's described as a liability. Yeah, true. Right? Asset is when you give a loan out, hmm. right? So how do you graduate a customer from a fixed deposit or account to a credit card or to a loan, right? Where that is where the bucks are, right? I mean, to be honest, you that is where the, the money. You lifetime value, and that's yeah. what we relate strongly to the whole idea of retention. That once somebody is in a relationship with you, what do they do after that? Yeah. And like you said, it's only five percent of the job done once you've got your first FD. Fun fact, as of today, a lot of marketers start to celebrate when they've acquired customers. And that's the part which probably you find the immaturity of the ecosystem still. But we'll get to that. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it is, we are evolving. I mean, yeah, let, let me not so say, let me not say. It's, it's a, a journey. journey. It's a journey. It's a journey. We are evolving. And uh, look, digital is, is I'm not, by the way, it's now 20 years old. Right? <laughs> it's, not, it's not new. But, um, but yeah, some, sometimes what happens is that uh, there are waves. And it's almost like the music industry, you know, something that becomes popular, like it becomes big, right? Um, but um, then you realize there's a whole new genre that is just waiting next door, right? Sure. So a lot of people have gone on to the, like, like one, one kind of genre, which is acquisition. There's a, there's a huge... huge <laughs> the music battle I had never thought of it before. Yeah, so but, there's, but, yeah, but, there's, but there's jazz, you know, there's blues, there's classical music out there which is you know little more complex I'm and not easy to, as easy as something that's very gonna try to process catchy. this bit around uh, the music as a com- uh, as a paddle that's yeah, interesting yeah. all i'm saying is it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a acquired taste okay acquisition really? is okay. like <laughs> acquisition is like pop music okay it's very pop it's, it's interesting you can get a reward right away you no know, it's catchy right yeah. acquisition is like that you can okay my graph is growing very good i like it right but um, retention is, is like classical music 
Yeah, it's like a concerto. It's, it takes time to build up, right? 21 right. minutes long, right? You see. So now you were at IDFC where you're trying to solve for what happens after the first FD is done. So what were the state of the affairs then? What kind of tools were available? What kind of people skills were available? What were your biggest challenges? What was your mindset? You don't profit from the customer the moment they open an account. In fact, you incur a cost. You know, because you, you pay a cost for your internet banking. Okay, so if, if you have an Infosys-based system, core banking, you're paying Infosys license fees per account. Sure. Okay, if you have an Oracle-based system, you're paying them license fees per account. And you also the cost of hosting. Google yeah. and Facebook and all of yeah, that. Yeah, the net banking mobile app costs per customer, right? Sure. It's not free. So, you know, that's why there are charges which people don't like. But the reality is there is cost involved. <laughs> sure. Right? <clears throat> Infrastructure costs money. Even if it's cloud, software licensing costs money. So when you get the customer in, you start incurring cost. But then you hope against hope that customer will start operating that account. They'll put more money in it, which is not a F2, you know, which is there, and then they don't take it out, so which is retention. And then you can take that money and lend it out at a higher interest rate, and have a margin, and you have, and you have a margin in the middle. So how do you? <laughs> the business model will not work if there is no retention. Please understand. Sure. Acquisition is not going to make bank up any profit, right? Mm. If the money is parked there for years together, that money is getting lent out. At a higher interest rate, that's the and point. the margin is what bank is making. In the Correct. simplest way, I can yeah, explain. That, that's it. banking for you. That's banking in 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 in, mm. in short. So that is why retention is where the money is made. Acquisition, whereas the opportunity of making money actually becomes real. So now we have uh, the whole business around FDs turning into more. So what happens here? How was the journey there? So if FDs have to become um, turn into more, and again in banking, what happens is the we can lend you money. If you are active with us, hmm. if you're not active with us, can't lend you money. Sure. Simple. You have 5 lakh rupees parked in a bank account for a year. Why won't a bank give you a credit card with a 2 lakh rupee limit? You're safe. You have money. Sure. Salary is coming every month, right? And it is, it's, it's an X amount. That amount, obviously, we can give you as a credit line on a credit card. right? Similarly, you can give out um, a loan. Sure. You would have heard of an instant loan, pre-approved loan, just one click. Where does that come from? That comes from the fact that you have been active with the bank for a long duration of period where we have some confidence saying, okay, this guy has enough salary coming in consistently for 12, 24, 36 months. It is of a certain value. Hmm. Yes, this is a safe customer. If I give him a loan or her a loan, he or she will be able to pay it back to this extent. That's the simplest way That's of explaining so it. Yeah. So what is that actually? That is retention, right? That is... Customer being active. I'm going to zoom into the yeah. people side of things, the technology side of things, and the data side of things. Yeah. So, you know, whichever is your favorite, please pick that up as the first one. That, okay, at IDFC, now that you want to do this, from people and stakeholder management, the mindset shifts. I don't know what uh, kind of org this was. And how did you navigate uh, that this is a mandate, that this is how the conversion flow should look like. This is how the friction needs to get removed. How do you optimize that whole experience? Yeah, so, so it has multiple stakeholders, as you rightly said, right? So it's obviously a people thing, right? Uh, while traditional bankers know very well that this is the game. Open the account, get the people in, then hold, just hold on to them. Till the time they are eligible for a loan or a card. And then go back to them, sir. Do you want yes, a card, yeah, sure. I've got a card for you, sir. Please, here are the mm. benefits. The, the traditional banker knows this mm. very well. The digital marketeer, because the industry is very acquisition focused, um, knows this, 
but executing it is still i would feel in the industry not to name any organization but general banking industry it is still evolving early days right sure. this uh, the entire onboarding retention being able to digitally activate the customer when you feel that the customer is not giving you their entire business is something sure, that needs it. to be stitched we mm-hmm. know it everyone does it but everyone is doing it in pieces i feel right sure so that's where uh, you know would you have somewhere a dashboard that okay x number of people have been acquired on fds or whatever entry point into the banking ecosystem now out of it y percent has now moved from the first interaction to the second uh, intermediate interaction which is let's say a you know a maybe a smaller loan or maybe a smaller credit card or something and then you have a kpi around moving x number of people from here to here on a quarterly basis with whatever activities you do in terms of campaigns in terms of automation in terms of their app experiences so how is that journey navigated uh, both from a people process and you know uh, technology standpoint so people and processes are definitely there mm-hmm. guy will today pick up the phone and call you they so will know the default that yeah, uh, because of now somebody is doing uh, an rmo whatever will try and call you and give you exactly the rmo will pick up the phone and call you and say look um, i have seen that you have done xyz hmm. i would recommend that you do this hmm. also but uh, so take a buy insurance but now i would notice the sms slash uh, app messages that we keep getting from banks lately there is usually you have a pre approved limit of this x level and i've not usually found this to be a very intelligently done job even with a bank that i'm done banking for the last 20 years or you know another bank which has been my credit card for last 10 years the way they've done this data analysis or whatever either they're being consciously very secure or safe or protective or they just don't know what they're doing so There's something wrong no so it is it is about technology and people right the, the incentive structure is about getting more in to the bank right so can i sell more yeah is basically everyone's job right um what technology needs to solve is by doing not an actual sale i'm still enabling a future sale huh that part is not very stitched together in most organizations i would say what is the revenue impact of me sending you a happy birthday message for example sure what is the revenue impact of me giving you financial advice as opposed to cross selling to you that relationship building reputation building exactly. brand building those components are the soft side of things which will have a long term value prop education is considered very valuable across most industries especially investing as a subject now so what i was trying to zoom into was when uh, the idfc bank decided to go this route they were more digital first and i think after that there have been more people like dbs which have gone digital only in that sense and these people are expected to be slightly agile with their internal adoption of these things right so from that perspective if agility were to be a metric on which you were to look at your uh, the employer uh, idfc bank in terms of the way you were able to make these things happen and the stakeholder alignment maybe there was some top down support available what was that like what was that journey like i think everyone knows the theory right but it is for the people like myself right to push the envelope right mm. and say i want to do this by this time okay because i see something happening in my data that tells me this is required right so, so you would have a bunch of analysts there or you know help me get, you know go deeper into this yeah, so, so basically the analyst typically typically this is early this is up to 2014 15 14 15 right mm-hmm. so the analyst is basically me okay <laughs> right are you so, saying that in the entire bank the guy who is actually mining data is no 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 in terms of deploying technology to solve a problem huh. typically it's it's a individual who's slightly ahead of the curve i'm sure. not going to that's, that's usually how yeah that's usually how it works because you don't hire people for a tech investment that is in the future hmm. because the roi has not been calculated yet if the roi has not been calculated how is someone approving a headcount 
sure simply not possible uh, that's how large org yeah so okay. typically typically in organization where the innovation is happening there is no roi that is associated with it so innovation typically always is done by individuals hmm. who are self motivated fair enough right so they have done the calculation saying okay this is something that will make us more money which always is outcome of this will make the customer happier which mm. always is the outcome of someone being self motivated right fair enough so these three things come together to make you i feel say say the right thing and do the right thing and push your management to do the right thing right yeah so that's what i'm zooming into what did you tell your management how do you make a case how do you build a team further if at all you did at that point how far did you run with it alone and who were the different stakeholders that you had aligned so typically anyone doing customer experience in a bank has three stakeholders that you need to completely align with yourself cdo cio and cmo these three guys are are who make uh, a banking the experience hmm. the banking experience okay right in today's day and age i'm i'm sure there is banking and retail as well hmm. right but when let's zoom into what we are talking about our industry right yeah absolutely so so in that sense uh, the cdo cmo cio have to work together and typically as a martech guy as a martech guy you have to not just if you report into a cdo or a cmo and we are coming to a time when martech guys will be under cio as well right you have to have to ensure that all three are aligned and there is a joint vision shared sort of vision that is there for you to take it ahead so are you the one selling to these three major yes, absolutely all the time cmo what what does he care about and what do you tell him so cmo cares about customer experience a lot and revenue today uh, cmos are now going going towards revenue more sure. than um, awareness uh, which was the norm for quite a few years right with digitization digital was not really there hmm. with digital marketing and digital um, enabled digitally enabled onboarding uh, marketers are moving towards revenue right so obviously for a for a cmo the pitch is very simple this will increase your revenue Hmm. if you increase revenue obviously the organization benefits obviously that benefits everyone in the organization right so this is how we sell digital onboarding yeah onboarding uh, marketing and including data right so onboarding sure. yeah so even data science is going towards the cmo a lot these days okay right it's not a, it used to be a shared shared service traditionally the cmo's home ground because yeah. data scientists have been slightly new to this subject matter but okay so you sold to the cmo about growth and revenue by investments in data science and investments in some martech yes part 1 cdo what does he care about and what do you sell to him so cdos obviously are always involved in evolving the organization right they are prop, they are He's prop a forward thinker digital transformation guys they are yeah. the default digital transformation guys right so their concern has always been how do i transform quickly Not speed, not silly. Speed, speed matters. They they care about speed. That is where kind of Martech comes in, right? Hmm. It gives you speed. So they feel excited about the speed at which you can bring to the equation. Okay. Yeah. So Martech, I mean, again, going from traditional way of thinking, there's AdTech. Hmm. There is Martech, which has CRM. Now, typically had CRM. Then it has data science now. Yeah. Yeah. And then people are slowly going towards low code, onto the onboarding side. not just low code on to ab testing or creative uh, uh, sure. setup and all that so martech is a large subject so the incremental investments will get justified because the cmo sees uh, increased revenue the cdo sees a room to do innovation faster and there was a cto as well in the stakeholders cdo or cio typically yeah. cdo cio will obviously want to see higher roi on the technology side he is the one signing the check 
uh, it's uh, typically it's, most of it's, it's a combination, it's a combination because we don't bring in the revenue. Yeah. Why are you spending on the platform, right? Sure. So it's a, exactly that's why it's a shared vision. It's a shared so, so joint statement. Understand that uh, you know uh, it takes a lot of championing on on the part of somebody who's trying to push this envelope, being self motivated as an individual. But if you were to take, if I were to have a conversation with the CMO to say that in your org, this is how you need to navigate this journey, they can't probably depend on the fact that they'll hire somebody like a Deepak who will be the champion and who will convince everybody and then they'll move forward. They will want to do some sort of stakeholder alignment. And that's where I'm trying to get this deeper that, okay, for a leader in the banking ecosystem or even the new age fintech ecosystem to make sure that this whole thing is aligned effectively. What is it that you tell each of the stakeholders which gets them, gets their mind? So, what I've now learned um, over the last few years, again, going to ICICI, sure. you know, performance marketing, but the lead goes nowhere. Distribution cost. Okay. We, we touched upon this, right? The distribution cost of digital is just humongously low compared to physical, right? So less branches and still larger business. Is that what we're saying? Yes. Um, now, branches should always be there as a service sure. point. But not necessarily for 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 cross sell, right? Hmm. Um, and typically, people don't go to a branch to book an FD anymore. You can do it digitally online. You've been able to do it for the last fifteen years, hmm. right? So digital banking has been around fifteen. Years. So don't you don't go to a branch to book an FD. Similarly, um, if you had to open an account, you used to go to a branch, but you don't do it anymore. No, right? not anymore. But if you have a problem, if you want to advise a branch manager, is if you go to a Tiruchirappalli, if you go to uh, the branch manager is the the village's advisor in financial yeah. advice, right? Yes, sir, do this. I would advise you to get your daughter married at this point when you have enough savings. Now, this, sure. it, it goes that yeah, deep, right? I'm so, sure. so you can you can never discount the value of a branch. But the cross sell part, I think, still is moving away, right? Okay. Uh, people are trying more things digitally and to uh, to to get things done. But this is also a sort of adoption curve, right? Now, you and me sitting in Bombay in an urban kind of context with pretty quick digital habit changes are much savvier with our place compared to a larger part of India, which is still growing into it. And given that there is a bunch of banking fraud of all shapes and sizes that's happening, it's also probably going to push back people from that ease of uh, adoption somewhere. So there is a whole trust element that branches provide, which is where you need to have them. And from your perspective, when you look at uh, this whole uh, journey, you're saying that the cost of distribution coming down yes, is yes. the business case for banks to really go, let's say, a few steps forward in this journey. In fact, I was talking to um, uh, some D2C um, retailers. Okay. It's the same problem. There distribution. Is distribution. They're saying, if I, if I put my product on an e-commerce website, mm. the commissions are just humongous. Sure. Beyond a point, uh, okay, and I, what I was selling them, ki boss, if you, okay, what, what if you are, let's say you are selling um, consumer durable, consumer sure, durable, let's say, you're selling mm -hmm. consumer durable, large tickets, one lakh and above, two lakhs and above, right? A fridge or something, I don't know. If you have an e-commerce head, okay, who's selling all the fridges through e-commerce websites, right? You know what they're paying for? They're paying for, number one, the, in, the, Margin that or the, the commission that a uh, e commerce retailer charges today, okay, that could be 20 25 percent. Then they pay for that e commerce retailer's ads, yeah, for the right placement. Amazon okay, otherwise, discovery doesn't happen from their advertising business, yeah. Right? Uh, so, the discovery doesn't happen if the ad is not there, your, your product is not on the top, so your fridge is not showing up. Then, third, your fridge has to have that thing delivery by tomorrow. So you're paying for warehousing costs to the e-commerce retailer. 
at the same time. They, this can amount to 50% of the cost of the... <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much, but that's what I heard. Okay. Yeah. And um, so what people are now realizing, boss, this is, this is crazy. I thought I was doing e-commerce, digital. This is not digital. This is just outsourcing. And outsourcing with a humongous dent on our margins, hmm. right? So I will ask that retailer, boss, take that fridge, multiply by the number of fridges you have sold, okay, <laughs> and the cost you paid to the e-commerce hmm. player. Can that buy you every Martex software in the world? Can that buy you every CRM software in the world? Can that buy you the best app technology in the world? Can that buy you the advertising dollars you need to go direct in the world? At a certain scale, at a tipping point, yes. So you're saying the LZs and the whatever, Voltas of the world are likely to head towards their own platform Direct. and website and that's the natural way to go. Fair, I think that's a fairly legit point. So that's a distribution cost argument. Telling uh, folks. So now we've got the buy-in from the CMO, uh, the CIO and the CTO, generally speaking from a distribution cost angle to move towards digital. Now, in terms of the post-FD side of thing, and that's where the lifetime value angle, the retention angle comes into the play. And uh, we mentioned this term around the turf war between the product experience folks and the marketing folks, in some sense, because of the app real estate we're talking about. And we also talked about the subject of growth, in some sense. So why don't you go a little deeper into how you define growth, and you had some thoughts, uh, pretty strong opinions around that. So let's just uh, hear them out. I think growth over the last five years with, uh, with the venture capital just running amok has become <laughs> a, a slightly um, has lost its meaning right to a certain extent so growth is not about getting okay like we spoke about acquisition growth is not about getting the customer in apple has downloaded great my job is done as we as we said account opening or downloading of a, of a quick commerce app or a uh, food delivery app does not mean money for the company sure right the usage and retention means money right so what are you growing really? And, and marketers must ask themselves, right? We are growing profit. We are not growing anything else but profit. Mm. Okay. To grow profit, you have to have customers who are active with you for a long time. Right? Because the customer acquisition cost is X today in the market. Especially with the VC funds going nuts. They do just by sitting inside a listed company, profitable, yeah. long-term yeah. plays, ROI-based questions and decisions. And you're like sitting there watching all these guys do all of this. Yeah. So like any, any, any what they call traditional companies, who are going and thinking, okay, why should I, am I, am I even able to compete here, right? Because I'm, because these are listed profitable companies. You can't say that now I'll go and compete with someone who has absolutely, I mean, hate to use this word, but accountability, <laughs> because they are chasing growth, which hmm. they define as how many users can I onboard, how quickly, hmm. right? Sometimes it's an exit play. It is not even a play of saying, I will, I'll, I'll, I'll always have... Uh, shares in this company. They, how can, when can I exit? Right. So then, obviously, it's about inflating the value of the company, which you all know. But again, so that that because this is, this, we are talking about retention, right? We must always, always understand growth is not about acquisition, getting the customer in. Growth is about retaining, which in turns into profit. And we are in the business of growing profit, Fair not enough. getting a new customer in who's going to try you once. And then forget about you because you give a cashback in fintech. Let's look at it, right? <laughs> you give a cashback, customer king is a discount shopper. Came in. Sure. Once the cashback is gone, bye-bye. Thank you. So you touched upon something which I would love to zoom into. You mentioned yeah. the customer being a discount shopper, which is a persona. So when you try to scale beyond a certain speed, you will end up probably compromising somewhere in the quality and nature of customers you're yes. getting. You want everybody in because you want to grow at a certain pace. And that's where I would love to zoom into that, uh, you know, as a more conscious marketer who 
cares about profit, who cares about the longer picture. How do you now define uh, your play in terms of acquisition in one sense? Because you might want to be uh, more calibrated there and choice of channels, choice of messaging, choice of segments might be different. And then from there onwards, how this affects your segmentation and communication play on either the application or the experience on all the messaging channels you have. How does the segmentation part play out? So today we know who is a new customer who has been acquired in the last few days. What is the depth of relationship with us? Okay. That we know, right? Um, the problem typically happens in activating that knowledge, right? Mm. How do you seamlessly activate it uh, without bombarding the customer, right? Um, uh, because there are multiple channels. And I will even go, like, if you're a, if you're a, if you're a bank, it's even more complex. I'll sure. tell you why. Because if you go to a retailer, if you go to like a latest basket, right? You will not care what you bought in the latest basket app. And the guy at the counter, at the checkout counter, knowing, okay, sir, you bought that yesterday. That's not, you don't expect it yeah. and it's fair enough, right? You don't care. Bank, you do care. What I did on NetBanking yesterday, I have a problem. If I walk to a branch, I want to tell you, boss, this, um, this happened yesterday. That guy better know. Mm. And they do know, right? So the, so the omni-channel that we speak about is very, very complex in a bank. Right? It's, it's inbound, outbound, uh, physical, digital, uh, feet feet on, feet on street, so on and so forth. Right. So, coming back to your question, this retention, knowing at what life stage you are and what to sell to you mm. or how to solve your problems, how to service mm. you better, is something that is a humongous task to stitch because as you can imagine, these are typically at least at least 20 brand name technologies in a company. Feet on street, sure. branch, uh, the phone phone banking guy, uh, the what outbound, inbound, outbound is different, inbound is different, web Mobile and you have those RFs who have their own goals and their targets and they also need to be assisted. Exactly. So let's zoom in from your, uh, you know, dashboards or things that you care about. Uh, you did mention that uh, you've now a growth role in some sense. So what does that change mean for you? And what is it the KPIs or metrics that you're tracking on a frequent basis? So the number one thing I track is what is the cost of acquiring a customer, not a new customer, hmm. but selling them an additional product. Okay. Right. And because this is a cost structure because, I mean, we'll get to that. You can complete the other pieces and I'll get to this. So because if you if you are able to get a customer to take an additional product, you are humongously impacting their lifetime value for you. Sure. At the end of the day, that is pure, pure profit. Because, hmm. in and again, just to give an example, outside of banking, so people can understand. Hmm. Today, when you, maybe when you came here or anyone in the room came here, in a, in a, in a, let's say in a cab, okay, they opened everything at the same time, Ola, Uber, uh, InDrive, what else is there, uh, whatever. And so they said, okay, oh, oh, Koska, achcha hai, yeah? and mm. they need to take that one. I did mm. the same, I do the same thing as well. Sure. Right? This behavior has to change. For a bank also. People typically have three bank accounts. I mean, sir, it's a, it's a completely understood thing, right, mm. in the market. We all know it. Anyone who's salaried, anyone who has enough income, every bank is dying to have you. As as their primary account, right? So if you are able to acquire a customer for an additional product, let's mm. say you have a fixed deposit, then someone sold you a credit card, right? So you are coming again to pay your credit card every month or sure. see your points or see whatever. Then if when you come to do that, there is even more cross sell opportunity. Yeah, right. Because banks are digital, right? So every time one additional product is. Um, being given to a customer with a particular lifespan, a loan lasts five years, a card lasts five years, right? That lifespan of engagement, if it is good, you are then able to sell them, let's say, retirement planning. 
insurance. Something investments. So right? let's go through one customer's journey in your system. Somebody got acquired and there are multiple inbound uh, or let's say paths to get acquired. Most people enter your system through what? I mean, let's get to the current uh, ecosystem. They would be entering through a savings account or yes. what would be the most important entry point? Savings account, corporate salary account. Right. So let's go through the corporate salary account and zoom into what happens in this customer's journey in the course of, let's say, the next five years. So user A uh, has a corporate salary account with you, just newly created. He's probably in his first job and his salary is now coming to your bank every month. Now, what happens from here? So banks categorize, uh, because we're discussing corporate salary, they're corporate as a a, B, C, D, and so, so and so forth. So. Corp- it's a company. It's a company, yeah. Okay. Yeah, company classification. So if you're A, you tend to get benefits earlier. Okay. If you have C, you tend to get benefits at slightly later. And this, this is how the banking system entirely operates. It's not a digital versus offline thing. It's how banking, it's how banking operates because it's a, it's a risk thing, right? Sure. See, giving a loan and a card is, is easy. Yeah. But <laughs> getting it back is very difficult. Yeah. Right? So you better be, better. You, you have to be careful. Right? Sure. You can't obviously just give anyone anything and then, you know, not be able to recover it back. Sure. Right. And this is when you're still in competition with five other people who are probably wanting the same attention. So Absolutely. Absolutely. There are the five other people. So you obviously you can't take too much risk with, with, with money if it doesn't come back. Anyway. So if you if you come to if you, you can open an account, you get the moment you step into you, your induction, okay, in your new organization, they'll tell you, sir, we have accounts with these, these, these banks. You should always Take whatever your HR recommends because mm. the HR has negotiated good stuff for you. Credit card, you know, loan, you know, interested benefit is there or not. Mm. So they will give you that, right? But obviously they don't take it. It is only stated that this sure. is the benefits. Um, so if then you will say, okay, I will open the account. Then salary will get credited for a few months. Then if that happens, that will happen typically if your uh, payment experience, the debit card you get along with it works well, has good benefits. So you'll say, okay, my salary should go to this bank, so I will swipe it more. I will, I'll, I'll keep on using this. Hmm. The mobile banking experience has to be good. You'll say, okay, I will make, I will migrate my other bill payments, which were set up on auto, to this bank because I can do it easily on the app. Otherwise, you sure. won't. And this is the biggest reason for people don't churn. Yeah, they sit back for twenty years. Yeah, there's too much. Uh, yeah, already set it's up. too much work to be done, right? To, to migrate everything. Your hmm. your loan payments are going through another bank, so and so forth. So if you say. Again, retention, this is one of the biggest hooks in banks. That's what I'm going to zoom into now. You know, that's where the the reason to get into a user journey is to actually look at what is it that is happening organically and where nudges help, right? So I'm a big fan of rightly timed nudges in all shapes and sizes. So you're saying now this guy has got his salary in his account for the first time. Now, in terms of marketing interventions or from a communication standpoint, what would be your set of interventions that are happening in this journey? We will always push towards getting some sort of a recurring payment done, like a bill Somehow payment. everybody wants me to pay my electricity bills, right? Uh, Why? Wants me to do that. Why? wants me to do that. Paytm wants me to do that. My bank wants me to do that. That's because the stickiness will be high. It is the stickiness of it and no one can then take you away. Sure. Right. If so you'll basically want, uh, as a new corporate salaried account, you want me to set up some of the payments. Now, would you incentivize this behavior? Is that the cost you're talking about? The, One additional product sold and that's the cost? The industry has done it in the past. Uh, for example, some voucher and the all. In the industry, bank industry, I, the, I, sure. know, I know, you know when I was in the banks, mm. they used to be. But again, that is discount hunter behavior. You are, you are pandering to the discount hunter. Mm. So people have stopped doing that. So well, large, that's the nature of competition, no? Yeah. 
Uh, I know, I know, but uh, but I think it should. I think the, the 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 bigger holistic picture is that the app experience has to be good. So you you are it's easy After for you to do. After the point, it. isn't that like by and large everyone offering somewhat similar level of experience? I mean, how far can you go with that? No, it is again. It is about how do you nudge the customer with the right advice. For example, if your salary comes in, you are of a particular corporate, right? And you have a particular income range. You have a particular demographic. There's, um, there's enough data science. Data yeah. Data science enough to to know what mm. is it that you mm. would be interested in, mm. right? So, so it is not about the nudge being there at the right time. It is also of the right nature. Right content, right. Right. Ah, because see, exactly, bank mm. has a huge amount of customer data. So if you I use that, it, are you able to put it all of it to use? Yes. So, so, I mean, data, data science stack can churn out data saying this customer has to be pitched this all okay. the time. And it's data science. So as you know, data science is very, very effective as long as you have the data. Yeah, yeah. Banks, thankfully, are blessed with data, right? So you can figure out what to nudge a customer with. Is it mm. a bill, electricity bill payment? Maybe a recurring deposit? So on and so forth, right? So people figure out very, very easily if they have the right data science stack at the back, what to pitch. So um, the assumption is people have the right data science stack at the back, which I'm not sure if everyone's completely done that already. Everyone is, I mean, look, it's, it's maturity curve. It's a journey. Yeah, sure. it's a maturity curve. Mm-hmm. Um, and not everyone obviously is 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 going to be at the highest end of the maturity curve. This is a journey, that's okay. Yeah, which, is always, which is always a journey. But but mm-hmm. yeah, but but that is that is absolutely necessary at the back end. You can't orchestrate something dumb, right? Or something that is not uh, well One thought size fits all. I mean, exactly. If you don't have the data set, then you're probably selling the same thing to everyone, which is irrespective of their demographic, their salary level, the company they're employed with. So if I were to think from a segmentation perspective, now let's just say that you have A, B, C, D kind of companies. You have within each company five levels of salary packets. And so this becomes five into 525 different segments in some sense. And then you have uh, some sort of a feedback that, okay, this group of people responds better to this kind of nudge. So this guy needs to get his electricity bill. This guy probably has a postpaid phone. So those bills just yes. start coming in. Uh, and that's where the entire uh, messaging Kind of starts coming. In. Yes, so that is where that is where stickiness can slowly start building in. So now some people will cross over; they'll do whatever that configuration you want them to do. A bunch of people may not. So how does this journey now go forward? So you'll have past. Okay, I'm going to try three, four, five times to get him to do this. How do you decide? Yeah, then you switch over. Then you switch mm-hmm. over. Um, uh, and again, it's not about counting the number of interventions on a channel. Do it across channels sure. and count that. If the threshold is crossed, stop it. Move to the next one. Right, okay. um, and of course, there are certain users who will need more uh, time to react, uh, who are just not very uh, techno savvy, don't sure. read emails. Yeah. So what can you do, right? So they will not react to you, right? Mm. So, um, so yeah, it takes more time, but go out to all the channels with the same message. By the way, going to all channels with the same message is very, very effective. Yeah. Because people realize, right? Either we deka, either this must be important, right? That's okay. the first thing I've learned. But do you see this in terms of uh, different kind absolutely, of audiences? Absolutely, absolutely. No, I mean, if I was being bombarded with the same message across five channels, I'll get a little bit annoyed. But maybe that's me. And maybe that's like a small little segment which is expecting no, you to know what channels I work with. No, uh, no, you're assuming all outbound channels. I'm saying even inbound. So yeah, even outbound experience. Yeah, even out, outbound plus it. See, inbound is not intrusive. Sure. Outbound is, right? Mm-hmm. So it is about being, being able to play consistency this. Consistency is really works. So you're saying from a messaging standpoint, at one point of time, only try to do one thing with the user. Don't sell him an FD here and a loan here and a banking, Absolutely. whatever, uh, uh, automated payment somewhere else. So in this, uh, so what we're saying then is uh, for the user lifecycle journey, 
uh, if he's entered the bank journey at certain point, the first phase of this journey will try to sell him the same thing across channels. Absolutely. So your app experience will say the same thing and your yes. emails will say the same thing and your messages, if at all they're going into, will say the same thing. Does your uh, call center also say the same thing? Um, call it? That is at times, but at times no. Right, so that's because the technology or the process or what is it that it is a mix of technology mm-hmm. process people orientation and so you would like to get there. That is that is the that is the end game. That is that's the end, the end game. game. That is the end game, including a branch walk in. So right. now, uh, people are at different stages, right? I did turn on this, but I did not turn on that. So you would want me to uh, turn on, let's say, what a minimum of three bill payments. And when do you switch over to a loan? How do you decide that ah, okay. time to switch so, over to selling the credit card? So. Selling a credit card is a function of how long you've been active, as I said, right? Sure. If your salary has not come for long enough, hmm. it is the lower the salary, the longer. Well, I thought at least as far as the uh, A organizations and the A tier. Yeah, they will get it. They will, they will get it. But zero. They will get it. But still, India it is a pyramid, right? Of so the, for, the, will, the bottom is. is where the fortune is, right? Hmm. So uh, so yeah so. Uh, so, because of that, you have to be retained long you enough. You will have a PAN card and you will have the civil history any which way. So, you will incorporate that or not at this stage? You can do it. Uh, you can Sybil obviously scrubbed. The moment you open an account, we have the consent hmm. to check your Sybil and so on and so on. But typically, it will take you a few months to become eligible for a paperless uh, version of it. Right? Okay. A paperless version of a card. Like, okay, I have hmm. your approved. Hmm. Take a loan, click here. 10 seconds done. It's in okay. your account. Right? Oh, it's taking me 20 years with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a, maybe again, it's it's not because it's because maybe they are not they underwriting you properly. Yeah, that's what I mean. If you've been, I seem risky or whatever. So anyway, back to this now. Uh, so paperless credit card in terms of instant approval will take time because my risk score in their system is still low and they want to gather more data before. Maybe you've been, you've been, yeah, you've been naughty and you've been uh, putting a money for like salary day, even just serving it to another Something. bank, right? So if you do that, the other bank, wherever you take the money out from on day one. They, they will not give you the money. benefit because... Uh, Fair. Yeah. So now you have... So what I'm trying to understand now is, you know, the complexity of segmentation can be quite insane. You have five tiers of companies within which you have five tiers of salaries and now you have people at different behavior levels. Key, these guys put one uh, automated payment. This guy's got a credit card and credit card have five tiers as well. Yeah. It's starting to get really, really fragmented now in some sense and you're operating at a scale of millions of users. Yes. So how do you deal with this complexity on a practical operational level? I think we largely leave it to data science. Right, to a large extent, saying which is the customer segment who will qualify for this pitch, right? Whether it's overlaps, no, there'll be history. Absolutely, there are overlaps, but the your marketing activation systems have to keep the capping, right? They have to say In okay. Terms of frequency, frequency, of and or yeah. choice of message, which is the yeah. more important message. I think fre- first frequency, and then uh, choice is a is a derivation of like A/B testing, right? What's what, more what, what 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 works better? Hmm. And again, then when you A/B tested, you come. It comes back to the same. Data science saying, okay, for this segment, this kind of messaging works, right? So it's a loop back. Obviously, data science is always a loop back, right? But so how many people have you deployed in managing these communications if you were to do this uh, for a full process <laughs> level? We have an 80-member data science team. Data science will yeah. give you the outcome of this yeah. segment, this message. We have 120 people, like 200 people in, mar- in marketing, right? So everyone is, why? Because this is all digital is, marketing? This is any marketing tool is digital, right? Um, I mean, yeah, it's sure. Oh, there's, there's, the offline, there's, retail as well, yes, there's retail as well, but mm. there's, there are hundreds of people at the back of this because so the segmentation is so people. Yeah, yeah. Ha, so this is what I was trying to understand. You know, so when I was looking at uh, Food Panda Global CRM system, now Food Panda is like a 45 country operation back then, of course, and there was uh, 25 or time zones, that many languages. So to deal with automation at that scale, and food is a local business, which means yeah. if you're sitting in BKC right now. I can't send you a notification about a restaurant in Churchgate. It's not mm-hmm. going to deliver to you. 
So at one point when I entered the game, the only thing we could do was Domino's buy one get one to the entire country of India because that's the only offer which has yeah. that kind of geographic footprint. Anything else is not relevant to the guy in Delhi versus Bombay or whatever. Even within Bombay, you will not have relevance. So only way we could scale uh, personalization across all this ecosystem was by automation because there's no way I can have that kind of an army. Maybe SGFC could afford it, I could not. And hence, I'm trying to understand that when you look at this whole structure, one is, are there structural owners or profit owners or, you know, whatever outcome owners in the marketing function that your job is to move this segment from here to here? How do you organize this? Yeah, so so there's clear debarkation between, um, of course, communication is one set, right? And there is there's acquisition, okay? There is onboarding. And then there is retention, like even churn management, hmm. right? Uh, uh, Across the board, there have to be teams with different mandates. Correct. They use the same systems. Hmm. The Marcom team services all of them. Okay. Right? But there are teams with different KPIs. Right? Some hmm. teams only have acquisition. How, how much loan have I disbursed in this month or today or in the last 30 minutes? By the weekend, we track last 30 minutes also. So, so I am actually now trying to draw parallels with uh, conversation with Swiggy where uh, Anush told us that Anush from Swiggy, he leads uh, growth, I think, there. Uh, so what he told us was within Swiggy, once somebody comes in as a consumer, there is food, there is Instamart, there is Zini, then there is more services. Now they have dine out as well. So the cross-pollination of services is actually an interesting topic. And each team has their own charter on once a guy is in your ecosystem, what do you do? And there's a team which has a charter on how do you move him across. So I see a fairly similar kind of play. Of course, you have a much larger, uh, let's say, uh, number of offerings in that yeah, sense. Yeah. Because you have loans, you have... Uh, you know, the uh, the credit card, various tiers and all of that as well. So just give me, a, you know, a bit of sense on how the journey of a customer plays from team to team perspective. At what point does this team hand over this guy to somebody else? Or does somebody own the customer's entire life cycle as a segment? Or how do you yeah. organize so, it? So this is this is the next challenge in, in marketing and MarTech especially because people have now figured out there's a customer journey and, you know, you can track it, you know, in, in, in some sort of a data visualization, right? So most companies are verticalized. Most companies, as we know. verticalized, you mean the like, loan is loan? Yeah, yeah. Loan, empty, yeah, yeah, yeah. Credit card. Correct. So even I am ch- challenging that view, right? And, and, and I'm, I, I, I think some of the international banks have got this arrangement. So are you saying that the loan yeah. guy might try to sell me the loan around the same time as when the credit card guy is still trying to sell me the credit card? Is that no, the, the, the marketing automation will suppress it, right? But so, the fact, so somebody will win, somebody will lose, depending on what the logic or data science yeah, is. Yeah. Is that? Yes. Yeah. So see, people see if you want a loan, right? There are multiple ways. To, you are see at the end of the day, loan means what? You want money. Money in the bank. You mm. can take money virtual many ways, right? I can give you a cash loan. Sure. You have a credit card. The the limit of the credit card can be cashed out as well. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. Simple. Um, and and pe- there is in, in very interesting consumer behavior, right? Mm. People will take a loan. Okay. Uh, to pay the credit card outstanding, they do that. RBI has banned it now because people because people are people. Money is money at the end of the day. They okay? do whatever they can to optimize. Exactly. They 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 they, they you know they, they we we call it rationalization of their own credit, but but that's a very tricky. So term. you know, but from a people standpoint, you said you have a super large data science team. Now, data science team is structured how? Would they locate again verticalized mechanisms? Then I need to verticalization optimize. Verticalization right? is, is a complex yeah. one, right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have a single person owning a cohort of customers' eventual lifetime value. You have different people who have different things to sell to the same guy. Yeah. And how do you resolve this, conundrum? This is something that is unresolved. Yeah. So people are thinking about it, but yes. still there's no answer established, so to speak. Do you have a proposed answer to this? The proposed answer is very simple. Uh, that there has to be a customer segment that has to be owned by a team which cross-functional 
ിൽ <laughs> that that's how we try to solve it right as of now as of now and it's again it's a transition period i think in most organizations where they are doing this so uh, so marketing parts are everyone but this would have a lot of uh, issues in terms of structural changes which might make some people borderline insecure because their rules power equations might change obviously, obviously. lots of things will change right your 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 written down kra was written some 5 years ago and the pods came in 3 years ago so then what is a conflict right it's very simple and it's confusing so it is it is again so so it is about again, that is also a challenge how do you reward people because suddenly <laughs> also i mean yeah so the uh, kpis is a challenge the other yeah. part is the skill sets are also a challenge not everybody is able to think in that same dimension that you need yeah. them to think no so when you democratize data right so when like for, from so that the dashboards that we built are there for everyone Is right. it so? Yes, it's for everyone. But you're saying that there's a lot of transparency then made available, but yeah, yeah, same dashboard for everyone. No, no, no. It's a data is available now. You can surface in whatever fashion. Yeah, but it, it, to my, to my, to my understanding, there is no such thing as MIS anymore. Okay, it is a uh, data is available for you to play around with, make your own visualization. It's completely DIY. DIY. So you would that that's it, and it becomes a very interesting one <laughs> because you see a extremely powerful at the same time, borderline dangerous in some sense. No, it is. I mean, it's not customer data. It just uh, of course, it's identifiable. Yeah, there, but, yeah, but so uh, you can, you can from a power that can unlock. Yeah, yeah, this crazy power. Uh, the and this is available to what the whole two hundred marketers, the whole uh, even I, I, I give it. I give it outside marketing also. Please see, please. What please kind see. of insights can you bring in so here it, and what? Yeah, so it's very, it's very interesting. It is an interesting thing, right? So, yeah. so you will see like uh, um, you know uh, a, a pure play uh, uh, person who's doing segmentation and blast messaging. Get better insights than data science teams. Huh, because he's because you democratize data right? because you can do it. It's DIY, right? Because they are trying to solve a uh, target target problem. My, my target is this. I have to do whatever the hell I need to do to get my target done, right? right. So they are getting into the data and like figuring out little slivers of opportunity. Yeah, because there's so many. There's just so many targets. Yeah, that's uh, so. Right? so and it's probably wedding season somewhere in India, and those guys would probably need loans at personal yeah. accounts to do something. And this is a micro segment you've identified, and yeah. you can get like numbers to move. So because that's why I was to wonder because now you have all of these millions of segments who need different communications. Each of these communications will also have variables around credit limit being given, the amount of loan value being given, the kind of loan. So there's a home loan, there's a property loan, there's this yeah. loan, there's that loan. There's all of these different products to be sold, right? So you have 25 things that you could say to a customer. But you can only say one Because at a time. That's, huh? that's you can only choose one at a time, right? And that's the journey in terms of what would be the appropriate answer. Is it already a case for AI to start playing a role? And where does it currently stand in your scheme of things? It's too complex to handle manually anyway. I I I would I would believe that um, it is a mix of AI and people because hmm. while AI can figure out what to sell to you, but in a responsible organization. Uh, there has to be uh-huh. humans manning it otherwise you will become you know social media where <laughs> you know people, people are overburdened with loans so because i mean i mean we'll figure out a way to just give you, you leave ai it will become irresponsibly good too good uh, for the consumer to kind of not take that loan and you'll eventually spoil the whole but yes, no no no, 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 no it's, it's so basically see, 
people have a tendency right in financial services especially to overburden themselves like okay. credit card like paying the paying the minimum amount every month right but i would and imagine the right ai to also know the repayment capabilities and histories and do that sure sure right? sure sure so ai is definitely um see there are there are two sides okay this ai is the you know end all be all end all of everything and we are all we are unemployed we there uh, yeah obviously there's still a long way to go before this can become enough mainstream to take over this whole play but it seems to be like a situation where it's enough complexity now available to be beyond human play but the scale at which you're saying that this is 80 people in data science and 200 people in marketing all of them sitting behind and running the same so you have somebody kind of doing what 200 different email templates for you in some sense no so 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 it, when it comes to creative when it comes to um, figuring out at what time of the day to go to someone that's completely automated the system learns automatically right so there's okay. a machine learning there by default send time end time is yeah that's that's standard stuff yeah this this is all standard yeah. stuff but if you say that to this customer i will say this on this day with this creative hmm. okay no that's something that that still needs a judgment it still needs some amount of judgment so in fact one thing interesting we were trying to do was uh, play around with the risk score based interest rates to loans i don't know if your system there yet but let's say if i'm offering you a loan at 13% and you're not taking it can i offer you at 11% maybe then you will take it yes we do is that. your system do, do able to do that yet? so so what so what we do is we um pricing right pricing right. is always yeah. been there in e-commerce now pricing because of the systems that we have deployed uh if and there is a threshold there is a sensitivity analysis you can do hmm. will my actual loan that is going out will increase by what quantum and what will be my average interest rate if i discounted too much so the sensitivity okay. analysis has to be is is very very clear in terms there's of there's a whole risk modeling play where you have all of this data about a customer and you're putting that into a no, it's, it's a business call it's a business call sure so what i'm trying to understand is now this is a product experience on the screen right where i'm seeing this message and this this experience has been designed by the marketing folks it's marketing something now how do you easily interface and make this happen very so for this audience show him a variation with 15% loan and show him a variation with 13% loan and see what the option no, no, no. is no 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 so let me explain yeah. it's slightly different okay so here's the journey how does the journey go okay the journey is very simple first like say you have a product person who runs who builds credit card who runs loans so in your world the product guy is the yeah this credit card guy the loan guy yeah so but financial product sure. not the technology product yeah, yeah. like there's obviously mm. a product team that does the mobile app and all mm. the financial product guys first they they are like okay i will i my product sells in the branch i give a direct sales agent he calls up and sells phone banking sells then marketing comes and change the mindset digital is there it can view as marketing we make a dent in their overall uh, distribution so our our pipe keeps getting higher slowly slowly okay then they realize the the pie the every card sold or every loan sold with digital is one tenth of the cost like wow then they start noticing even the oh, so they have some sort of an mis to tell them that this is actually yes. the real cost yes okay and they can tell okay i can so my their pnl gets positively impacted if they so give this to build this whole data stack to have that kind of visibility at that granular level and to the maturity to appreciate this is yeah. quite yeah feeds like exactly absolutely so saying that sgfc in some sense has been culturally attuned to these kind of practices that sgfc bank has always been a very profitable savvy, company savvy profitable bank. company because i'm sure you are an investor yeah. you've been benefited like over oh. the last few years with great return on your investment 
so this this is the internet the underlying culture actually is, is similarly around around how to drive profitability hmm. not just internally but for also for the customer so anyway it's a, it's, a, it's a loop as so you know so i'm just you know what i'm trying to say here is in terms of if if there is somebody else in another company who has to look at this kind of a end state or at least intermittent state which is a one step forward from here which is where the state of retention marketing right so hdfc bank is operating at a certain level of maturity now there are people here and there are people here so before hdfc bank and after hdfc bank there's a maturity and that's what i was going to ask uh, as a you know follow up question that in your journey you have described a bunch of things which are there already in place and there is a aspiration to make it more customer oriented and that would need a lot of organizational structuring because you have to dissolve the vertical structures in some sense but at any in your mindset from a technology data ai implementation perspective what are the next frontiers looking like where do you want to evolve next people have to evolve to to appreciate the fact that the customer experience is not where we would like it to be right there and there will be different maturity curves yeah also, agree right? agree 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 mm. but that mindset has to come first you have to realize that there is a problem for you to be able to take one step towards Isn't the solve kind of given that you link it to profitability and the larger yeah. play in the competitive ecosystem it's bound to happen so those who don't adapt will end up struggling anyway that's, right? that's the internal selling that's the internal selling that you have to do to change the mindset saying this mm. is more profitable please get on this train Hmm. If you don't okay. run this train, then so this you missed out. So this is to all those, uh, let's say, marketing or technology enthusiasts, which are in companies which are still, let's say, mindset level struggling with uh, going forward, taking big investments or leaps forward. That's that's your message, right? It's it's a survival thing, not a, it's not a hobby no, thing. No, it is. See, now the audience here is marketers, right? The message to marketers is bought. Right? Marketers are not awareness centers. Marketers are not creative centers. marketers are profit centers mm. okay that is the message and if a marketer is a profit center then you have a pnl then you have a input cost that you can look at beyond marketing communications sure. or media spends or ad spend one input cost is actually martech spends or technology spends mm. why is that justified because technology spends bring down the cost of distribution right so if an e-commerce guy sets up an app gets fulfillment done and then advertises he has a full pnl end to end short sure. similarly banking set up the fulfillment make a website make an app personalize it end to your you have a complete end to end pnl and that pnl right is every marketer's weapon is more important right yeah you are suddenly so suddenly you are saying okay i am a marketer second i am a revenue person first my marketing is trying to solve for revenue problems and that's the side of let's say motivation slash education that marketers would need to go through to be able to have yes. that kind of larger impact on their businesses which they are technically capable of having on the business it would be ambitious it would be ambitious mm. because see marketing evolved you know like if you look at In what, what madman madman right mm. advertising right oh, wow right but if you put a pick up a kotler advertising is only one of the yeah uh, sure lever so frontier one is marketers taking great ownership of pnl what happens from a text slash data standpoint we spoke about ai a little bit and the large army of people that's currently doing this might get let's say more powerful by the use of ai driven intelligence because right now there's one guy uh, sitting on a you know set of data and drawing out some insights and there's a lot more that's possibly available which ai can churn out for you yeah so that's what's your sequence of things in your roadmap that okay in the next 3 years this is where i expect this to be so next 3 years it has to then go into the right structuring of the organizations with the right kpis mm. right so one guy will just focus on bringing the customer in 
Okay, there's okay. one team. Hmm. Okay, there's one team, one horizontal. So not a horizontal, but one vertical that just does that. New customers completely new to the bank. Completely new to the bank. Then second customers get the stickiness going. Okay. Right? Get the customer active. On across the, all segments. Across all segments. So when they say stickiness, you mean to say which products work for him, it's up to this team to figure doesn't out. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. As Whatever as, products work yeah. for him, just get him from level usage. 0 to level 1. Usage. Okay. Pure usage. Okay. Then third is cross-sell. But cross-sell in a sequence. Not cross-sell mm. because that is your KRA, I'll cross-sell this. Then, mm. Like you said, mm. now, everyone's cross-selling everything at the same yeah. time. So you're telling me the whole cross-selling side of things, being a Lerim Yog which would cross-sell anything and everything that's available. How would that uh, structure then play from there? Oh, this, is, this is nothing new for organizations today. If you look at e-commerce, my favorite example, they'll be category managers. Right? They sell mm. one category as, as a unit. Um, now you have to think, right? There's a sequence in which you buy, right? If you buy a mattress, you'll probably buy a pillow as well, right? Mm. But that's one, that's a single uh, category manager. But if you're setting up your bedroom, I'm sure you're buying a table lamp. Perhaps. That, or, or you're buying a, a, a bedside clock or an air conditioner, right? These are different categories. But are they in sync is the question we must ask. Banking the has the same problem. point you're saying is verticalized category structures don't allow for this cross-category thought process to come in. So the bundles uh, slash cross-selling opportunities are not seen in that light of cross-category yeah. place. Uh, and this has to break. This has to break going forward in in traditional as well as digital first organizations, including e-commerce. What would this mean for the people and their roles and their KPIs? What happens to the guy who's a category manager now? He becomes irrelevant or what happens with him? No, you become journey managers. You become okay. segment managers. You become um, someone who's just started shopping with your organization versus someone who's highly mature and has to be upgraded to very, very complex products. So buying patterns. customer segment becomes owners and to increase the profit value or contribution or whatever you call it from this customer cohort is now somebody's KPI. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, so I mean, that is what I would think is that you are owner of a particular cohort, be it a segment or a life stage. Hmm. And you are seamlessly handing that cohort the extremity of Whatever that cohort to the next uh, order. Yeah, so there'll be handshake points where if you've sold him a loan, your job is done now, hand it over to the guy who picks it up from here. From a process standpoint, from an ownership standpoint, from a KPI standpoint, your job was to move these guys from where they are to where they need to be. And once that is done, and they might move in five different directions, once they've moved in five different directions, then their owners also change in some sense. Absolutely. So in a banking, let's put it this way, again, thinking out loud, you could be, let's continue with our corporate salary uh, sure. example. Let's yeah. say you are, you've joined Infosys, hmm. right? You have, uh, you've joined there and uh, you've got your brand new debit card from HDFC Bank. So and so forth, we nudge you. Please start doing bill payments. You're early jobbers, obviously. You've yeah. got, you got a phone on an EMI. You would, we hmm. buy everything on EMI then. So we give you a credit card for to enable that, right? Uh, but then slowly, slowly over time, we have to tell you, boss, please start saving. Save some money, hmm. do an investment or two. So that's another gang. Hmm. Another cohort saying, okay, this is an early jobber, but he has now acquired just about everything in terms of consumption. consumption. <laughs> so please nudge them towards what is beneficial to them also is hmm. start saving a little bit. Okay. Give them insurance. Yeah, or give them an insurance, right? And then get them into some sort of uh, um, um, investment behavior around mutual funds, trading. So this is predominantly linked to customer life cycle and evolution, right? So there might be people entering from different, uh, let's say, gates, so to speak. And they might have different graduation paths. Yes. And each of these paths has different stages. Yes. So your ideal marketing org would be, let's say, the whole matrix of different entry points and different stages. So 
for each entry point in each stage there's somebody who owns that particular stage yes and then that's where the whole log works and yeah and, and your your goal is to graduate the customer to the correct. next not keep them in that stage or yeah, that I mean, stage that's how you benefit the customer as well as the company in some sense right? absolutely because we will win yeah most most products or services companies are there for customers benefit right we're not there to uh, that, know, that truly to, sounds very transformative right if you think about it if you're able to achieve this kind of an outcome which is going to need to break a lot of current org structures and all of that also then that seems like to me a reasonably good nirvana state so to speak right now i say nirvana because it's still several steps away and it's not going to be an easy change to make there's just a lot of top down play that might need to happen to make this happen yes but you see somebody doing this meaningfully yet the argument is very simple which everyone understands profit Right. Sure. Which But is, I mean, somebody who's got it and they are actually making this shift anywhere, e-commerce or here. Um, I mean, for the longest time, airlines have been doing it through okay. loyalty programs, right? They, they don't have that many things to sell after the point. Exactly. So they have they have so constrained. They have to have a loyalty program because right. because because they got so fragmented with the whole make my trips of the world or booking dot coms of the world. They had no choice but to leverage. Because they were the first guys to get please, they sure. were first to get disrupted in this, yeah. in this in the internet because age. they had those upgrades to offer and those benefits to offer so as well loyalty made sense but now given the way the again the the industry is fragmented you have a few market share plays and there's not as much delta in terms of whether I care about an airline one versus the other so Jet had a loyalty program which worked great but I don't think anybody else has been able to pull off anything similar to that I think Vistara is getting started now I, I quite enjoy them it's going to get messed up <laughs> okay but so, uh, so anyway so, so so again so coming yeah. to the question so. someone buying a credit card from another bank and doing fixed deposit with you and buying insurer direct from a, a, a new age insurer That's not reality i mean that is that is the scary part for anyone who's looking at pnl hmm. okay um uh, so so but that's all the reality right your relationship and exactly. guy has at least three bank relationships and now there are people who are the creds of the world and the airtels of the world who also want me to make the bill payments from there so as a consumer i also don't know how fragmented my play looks like because i paid here this guy still reminding me what's going on yeah. so that's that's a little messy as far as the consumer experience is concerned but yeah, this is a great strategic top level view on how orgs have to move uh, in that direction so while i am a big fan of good strategic thinking i also like the whole tactical side of things in terms of interventions so when you talk about intervention and we spoke about how each category owner tries to do his own input from a process standpoint and from a people standpoint we had vertical category heads who want to sell their thing uh how do you kpi this out how do you say that okay this is your goal and you have to sell more loans and this is the kind of data that you have available you can pick and choose whatever segment you want to go out to and whatever loans you want to sell to them and there is somebody controlling the messaging frequency which has to have priorities because you can't send x more than x number of communications so how does that play out so i don't have a definite answer for this one but i think if you're looking at cohorts and graduating people from one cohort to the other cohort obviously the number of people you're graduating each month hmm. or each each uh, uh, in france it will be like each quarter because the, the um, back to the present scenario yeah. uh, in terms of how currently it's operated with those ad data science folks the 200 marketing folks the organization would have kpis and directions to move in for each of them right each of them has you're a large org so you yes. have to have those kpis and all structures in place so when they care about uh, and you know what are the channels that you're currently deploying one is uh, the messaging style and the channel ownership because if the same message has to go to the same user across all channels then it can't be that the prioritization logic for different channels is different so that is where i think the, the, there is a there is some um, sense in building a personalization as a horizontal right mm-hmm. and i think i can i can see the examples in in international banks mm-hmm. so 
because uh, because it is every team has a KPI of doing um, getting X value out of a customer, right? Sure. But if you don't have a horizontal that controls the activation part, which is the messaging sending out and curating what work, works best through A-B testing, hmm. then I think slowly what is happening, personalization is a shared service across the board. Sure. So if, let's say, if I'm, a, if I'm a owner of a cohort and I need to go out and do something X for a customer, that personalization horizontal typically will know for this cohort, this messaging works better. Why don't you try this? Rather than that person, let's say when you hire, you will, you will keep on trying new things from scratch. Yeah, okay. so the personalization has two elements to it. One is just the language and whatever messaging and uh, kind of things. And the other part is which is the product to send to him, right? Because there is a large variety of products available. One of them would be the most relevant right now. So are you saying that uh, at this point, you know, given the current state of affairs, how you manage it, how is it being done? What is the most appropriate action? And what is, is there a data science logic that will decide that if there are 25 things to sell to this guy, this is the next best action. Try to do this. At some point, this is a threshold. Cut it off and move on to the next thing. How does this implement? So the so next best product is something that most organizations have now um, figured out. Okay. Right? Uh, but next best action in terms of intervention hmm. um, or next best um, communication, uh, what to say, is something that is still difficult in organizations hmm. because your entire ecosystem is fragmented. And if you look at a typical Martex landscape, Mm. In an organization, there'll be like a bunch of different tools talking to each other, right? Correct. Right. So, and not always talking to each other as well. Yeah. So, sing, so typically, single customer view exists in terms of your relationship, mm. in terms of your relationship with an organization, the number of products, how many times you've taken them, basically CRM. Yeah. It's, it's fairly centralized. Mm. What you are, because MarTech and AdTech is so spread out, what you're doing on each channel, okay, uh, is typically in different silos. Integrating okay. it together hmm. and harmonizing what you say across is still a challenge in most organizations. And that's something I also deal with a lot. Hmm. So you're saying the channels still don't necessarily talk to each other. One in terms of the... So and that's where I was curious about uh, when you have, let's say, let's just look at the salaried guy again and you have now a stage where he's probably been working for a few years. He might want to invest in a piece of real estate or a home on one side and he might just take a stock investment on the other side. And you have... All of these different options that you can present to him. Now, what is the right opportunity to present? Because the category owner for this guy versus the category owner for this guy is different. And uh, the messaging gateway, which is, you can't send five messages. You can only send only one. And that gateway is being controlled by somebody else. Right? So how does this guy meet his KPI if he's being blocked out from sending messages by the guy who controls the gate to the message? So yeah, so that's that's fundamentally it's what happens. So it is, thing, it's, right? it's, 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 it's first come, first serve. Because really? capping, the, the way the way cap the way first come first serve. That's typical. That's wow. typical, that's a typical state. And how see basically whoever is the fastest wins because the capping will typically. So work. you're saying that the customer will end up being pushed towards a service which is being pushed by the most aggressive marketer in some sense. The most motivated. The most, the most motivated. motivated the marketer. most motivated marketer. Most motivated marketer. But um, at the same time, I think uh, there are there are slivers of hope. <laughs> that, that 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 basically um, every marketer has to has to has to have to be going through some sort of a guardrail where okay. where someone is saying okay this is more profitable for the company hold this this is yeah this but is that's the, not my KPI right so if I'm the most enthusiastic credit card seller in the company likelihood is I'll have the majority of customers being upsold credit cards before they're 
approached by the one lakh rupee home loan guy. Is that the reality of life today? I mean, uh, it I mean, is not. not it is not because, because, no, because across the banking. Yeah, because right? uh, because it's uh, at the end of the day we optimize for profitably. Again, this is where it comes down to marketing being a, being a PNL, right? So I don't say strategic, sure. but but that, that strategic guardrail will ensure that you sell the most profitable product with the right media. Yeah, but the owner of that. Profit as a unit, right? That's that's across categories, and while your entire effort is being driven by category managers, you're verticalized. I agree. I agree. That's the state of affairs. Uh, yeah, that's, but, so but I'm not saying it's a yeah. bad situation. I'm saying it's gotten to this point, but obviously there is a journey no, there is no, forward as well. They say it is. It's also a technology problem, right? It's a problem. Really? I deal. Yes, because um, technology is a means to an end, like we spoke, and. The end obviously is the, your target. Hmm. So people aggressively invest in technology, right? When you aggressively <laughs> invest in anything, right, it is not very thoughtful at times. Which is exactly right? so, where we see a lot of people adopting fancy tools which they don't necessarily know how to fully leverage. Yeah, because uh, um, yeah, that adoption is again another big, big, big giant topic, right? Uh, uh, anyway, so 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 on that adoption topic, if I were to ask you a super dumbed-down, simpler question, would you prefer a fancier tech which struggles with adoption, or a relatively simpler tech which moves you from one step to the other? Uh, it depends on your maturity. So you you should al always start with simpler tech. Always, don't buy a space shuttle, right? If you are going to go to Andheri, <laughs> <laughs> space shuttle Andheri. Yeah, yeah. So, so buy a nice rickshaw, go to Andheri. But when you are going to the moon, then definitely invest in the space. If assuming you have your launch pad in place and you're ready to go, absolutely, to the moon, right? Yeah, yeah. And the astronauts ready and the people ready and so on and so forth. Interesting. Now uh, on the adoption front, uh, we did speak about it a little bit, uh, but I would love to have a formal view on it. That with all this new action that's happening with the fintechs who are like digital natives and who don't have the same challenges of the mindset gaps, they probably have the right people who can. Think data, technology, this uh, all of it coming together, doing efficient customer journeys. Maybe the cost of distribution are already low enough. How do you uh, look at this from a strategic viewpoint? Because you're in a public sector, uh, not public sector, listed bank, right? And a profitable one at that. And you want to make sure that this is a long-term game you're playing while these blips will keep coming and going. How do you compete effectively or not bother with uh, the new age fintechs that are coming in? I think that they'll, they'll eventually, there'll be coexistence in the sure. future, like, a Tesla will never, you know, bring down General Motors or a Volkswagen, right? If a Tata has an EV but on the road today, General Motors would come back with an EV, and then Tesla would have competition as well. Tata, Tata, our own, uh, you know, homegrown um, uh, big industry, industrialist um, that is out there is has an EV on the road today. Tesla has sure. not entered the market today, right? So, innovation is, is is tricky that way. So, people who can do innovation, they can do it at a small scale. So you can't, you, they can't distribute that. It's huge. Right? So, yeah, exactly. But the innovation engine is that much slower, but then you have the advantage of distribution. Exactly. So, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a battle of distribution versus technology innovation. Um, uh, people who, who can do innovation at a small scale, great. But can you do it at scale and get, get it to every corner of this country? That's something that's very, very difficult, right? Interesting. So, so are you going to shop for some of these things? Do you think that's the path? Or do you think it's going to be homegrown or... I think Anything banks will transform very quickly. Quickly, um, huh? Yeah, very quickly. And there is enough enterprise software out there mm. to, for you to, to help you transform, right? Okay. So so it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a very interesting sort of game of chess. The right? new kids will probably have the new kids. Questions. Yeah, the new kids are trying to evolve financial products. Mm. Banks have matured financial products over decades. What banks are weak on is maybe tech a little bit. 
but there is enough enterprise software out there for you to evolve mm. like you know it's a makeover yeah. overnight sort of a interesting. thing interesting so uh, the, the the nimble elephant is the word i would use right uh, yes. the guys who are big are not nimble but when you do decide to move that direction you can swing one hand and it'll basically sway the yeah other. implementation implementation chops are required for sure, sure. Yeah. project manager chops are required for sure but if that that is there there is enough and more out there for you to evolve i i'm pretty sure of that but in the end both will coexist right uh, like to your original question fintechs obviously will are not going yeah. anywhere hmm. right and banks will have to evolve um it is a question that we have to ask whether all banks will evolve or not on those sure. who don't what will happen hmm. to them hmm. Yes, so that's why I'm assuming there'd be a degree of consolidation, but that's anyways too strategic a conversation. You know, enough with banks, enough with industry, Deepak. I'm kind of at the last leg of this conversation, so I'd love to understand your own uh, life as a marketer and as an individual. What are the things you do to keep yourself ahead of the curve from an education perspective, learning perspective? You're wiring up all of this stuff at home, so this is a clearly a hobby thing as well in some sense. What are the other hobbies? So one hobby is right now. Okay, I'll, I'll go. Okay. I'll, 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 go, I'll go talk to anyone in the industry. And especially the good ones like yourself, so I can learn something, right? Even having a conversation, um, at least philosophically, you understand, boss, where is this going, right? And getting asked uh, to present somewhere, I will go and present. Like because if you are going to sit and stand in front of people and say, boss, I'm going to tell you this, and you don't want to look like a fool, right? right. So obviously, you will not do a lot of thinking in the process mm. of when you when you present something. I also do a lot of socializing in the the professional sphere. Okay. So I have a lot of good friends have come out of my professional sort of sphere nice. because uh, because then I can pick up the phone to anyone at like midnight and say I have this problem. Can you solve mm. it for me? This problem in this technology area. Okay. I want to know. Right. So to to be a good professional, this is one hobby that you must have. By your social circle and your official circle can become sometimes a little Quite blurred. Blurred, mm-hmm. blurred, blurred, it'll become. Right? It takes a lot of energy, right? <laughs> yeah. To yeah. be doing this consistently day in and day out. No, but that's the fun of it, right? You are learning. So you kind of enjoy that and hence it makes Curiosity, it whether it is prof- this, like, this technology marketing and the hybrid world that it is, then of course curiosity, maybe you would want to cook, try new things. Is that a right? hobby? Of course, of course. See, yeah. Inquisitiveness, curiosity... And that itch hmm. is is the only ingredient. What right? recharges your batteries? Given the amount of energy you spend across so many different topics and so many different uh, things you're dealing with, both inside and outside, you're on a mission to educate the bankers now, in some sense, right? Absolutely. So what what keeps you that energy? I mean, it is a sense of pride. Number one. Number two. I think uh, banking is an industry which where I've now spent about more than a decade, hmm. and evolving it with Martech, with you know other other areas, is a sense of me saying, boss, this is a fundamental resource, the fundamental service, essential service, and the country is going through some sort of uh, a big uh, transition, right? We're at the, at the cusp of a big transition. Finance is going to obviously play a good role. Sure. And finance is going to be made available, available digitally, whether it's a fintech or a bank. We can't leave it all to the fintech, obviously. Sure. So banks have to come up the curve, close the digital divide, digital gap, or, di- or the digital uh, uh, chops have to be acquired by a bank. Take yourself out there. You know, acquire more people. Retain them. So if you retain them, more they, you can lend to them more. You can underwrite more. If you can, if you can lend more, then obviously uh, the merchant on the roads, which is a small shop, is going to slowly get more things to sell, or upgrade his shop, you know, put it on the high street somewhere. Right. So it's all an ecosystem. So it's again, it's a transformation 
of the banking industry of which I can't do individually. So, I, uh, so we will talk in different areas. Different people will try to do the same thing over and over again. But the benefit is to the large masses. You know what amazes me truly is the level of depth and passion with which Deepak cares about the subject. I've seen him speak across many forums and I'm sure there'll be more. And what we would love to do, Deepak, with you is to collaborate more on driving education on the subject. This is State of Retention Marketing, a very exciting conversation, a lot of in-depth insights from Deepak here. I hope some of the bankers in that ecosystem are now able to leverage some of these ideas on thinking about the larger picture strategically as well as some of these things tactically. Thank you so much for doing this, Deepak. Been a pleasure. Thank you so much.